Welcome to Core Struction, a show about the missions, activities, and employees of the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers. Unless you live on a mountaintop, you're probably within a few miles of a levee. Communities in every state and the District of Columbia rely on levees. Nearly two-thirds of Americans live in a county with at least one levee. Because flood risk reduction is in the federal interest, many miles of those levees are inspected and monitored by the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers. In fact, flood risk reduction is a primordial mission of many Corps of Engineers districts. Today I'm joined by Tammy Conforti. Tammy is a Special Assistant for Levee Safety at Headquarters U.S. Army Corps of Engineers. Tammy, welcome to Corestruction. Hello, thank you for having me here today. How did you end up at Headquarters? What's, what's sort of your background? Sure. Well, a little bit about myself. I'm originally from West Virginia. I have a bachelor's degree in civil engineering and a master's degree in risk management. I've worked actually for the Corps of Engineers for over 30 years, and all my experience has been working with either flood-related projects or different specific flood-related programs. I actually started out at the Huntington District, and I worked in the areas of like geotechnical engineering and planning. And then I worked for a short amount of time for the Institute of Water Resources um, of the Corps of Engineers on the Silver Jackets program. It was shortly after that I then accepted a job at headquarters to help the agency create our own specific agency levy safety program. So over the past 14 years, I've solely been dedicated to the field of levy safety at headquarters. And I view levy safety as really trying to bring together the best science and practices to help manage flood risk in the communities that are behind these, behind these levees. You're not too far from, from, from West Virginia then, even being in D.C. So you ever get back there? Actually, I, today I live in Alexandria, Virginia, and I haven't been back to West Virginia for probably a few years now. I think about three years ago, I went back and was able to um, visit the Huntington District. And what's great about Huntington is like it's a small town. So a lot of the folks that I basically went to school with and started my career with in Huntington are still with the Corps of Engineers there. So it was great to chat with them and catch up to them and kind of see all the different changes that, that has happened within the Corps there and, and, and the town itself. As a special assistant for levy safety at headquarters, you say, so what, what all goes into that job? Well, as special assistant, I help oversee our agency levy safety program, but I mainly help advise leadership on a variety of issues related to levies. So they could be um, issues kind of um, related to uh, future federal investment decisions on levy projects, um, different types of agency-wide policies. Um, and then on occasion, I will help assist with project-specific issues um, because you know, things, it's not one size fits all. And so there are a lot of things that, you know, come up to headquarters that we kind of help facilitate and resolve um, on a case-by-case -case basis. But currently, um, and, and we're here to talk about that today, I've been really honored to have a role of leading a very diverse and dedicated team um, in the development of an actually new nationwide program, um, the, the National Levy Safety Program. Yeah, can you talk about that levy, uh, that national levy safety program, and and how it's it's different from uh, the USACE and LSP? Sure. So 
within the court, you know, the Corps of Engineers is a federal agency, and we're an agency that can conduct numerous activities related to levees. And our ability to implement these activities are specified in some manner in legislation. So, for example, um, some of these activities can include partnering with communities to construct levies that the community themselves later has to maintain. The Corps has some responsibility to maintain actual specific levies. And then the Corps, we also have programs that help provide technical assistance or information related to levies. So as a very large agency with these numerous responsibilities, um, the Corps decided to create a agency-specific levy safety program really to provide ourselves with an internal organizational structure so we can be more effective and efficient in how we ourselves implement our specific responsibilities. But we're not the only ones involved with levies in the country. So the Corps has different responsibilities related to about 2,000 levy systems across the country, but there are actually over 7,000 levy systems um, that exist. And responsibility for all those other levies can really vary between federal, state, or local governments, um, tribes, or even private entities. So the goal of the National Levy Safety Program really is intended to help provide resources and support to everyone that has roles and responsibilities related to levies, not just the Corps of Engineers, with our bottom line goal really being to improve community resiliency in areas behind levies. And that, that includes working pretty closely with levy sponsors, getting the word out, uh, making sure that, that they understand what's needed and, and listening to their communities. Is that, is that one of your aims as a, in, in that program? Absolutely. Um, you know, our, our key stakeholders, of course, are our own levy sponsors that we work with, as well as um, other levy owners and operators. Um, it, but it could also include emergency managers, right? Because they have a role to play in the full um, flood risk management picture. And it could also include um, community um, uh, folks that deal with floodplain management decisions. So that's the complexity of all this that, you know, it's, it's, there's a lot of different entities that have a role to play here. And I think this national program is going to be a great tool to kind of help pull together all those different roles and responsibilities um, and help move us in kind of a more consistent direction for levies. Can you talk about why it's so important for people to, to understand the, the flood risk, uh, flood risk? in general, especially if you live near near a levee? It's just a, such a long history um, with, with dealing with flood risk. But, you know, a lot of times uh, when communities and folks that live behind levees, they may not be aware that they're actually living in a floodplain, right? Because, you know, their community, uh, there's, there's this uh, perception that if I'm able to buy a home, I'm going to get fully informed and basically I, I'm going to be safe. And so through this program, and there's been a recognition over the past several decades that, you know, there's still a lack of general awareness about flooding issues or maybe perhaps the le levy's role in the community to help manage that flood risk. I think a lot of progress over time has been made, um, but I do think one of the things that may be challenging is understanding flood risk. Um, it can be complicated, it can be confusing, especially when you have different, um, I'll say, you know, entities or governments, you know, having a role in this. So, for example, 
you know, FEMA, the Federal Emergency Management Agency, um, they oversee the National Flood Insurance Program. And they, you know, again, would have, you know, would touch a community. And that community may have a levy in their community that the Corps um, helps oversee. So, you know, it'd be very important that the Corps and FEMA reach out to this community with one, you know, consistent messaging to help that understanding. And I think that's really kind of the goal of what we're trying to do um, to help improve public awareness and do so in a manner that um, helps improve the understanding of it in a consistent way. Yeah, like uh, avoiding uh, those uh, 100-year floodplain terms, which or explaining them at least so people really understand terms like that or phrases like that, you know, like 100-year floodplain. What, what does that really mean, you know? Yeah, exactly. Is there a PL8499 connection to, to you? And, and, and how, how deep do you get into that role with the emergency management side? The PLA-499 Rehabilitation Program is a voluntary program um, administered by the Corps of Engineers. And that program basically offers assistance in repairs of flood risk management um, projects um, if the structure um, complies with the criteria for eligibility. So that rehab program really deals with, um, you know, that very specific core authority um, to do that. So where I kind of overlap with that program is, you know, with the levy safety aspect of it. And, and because levies um, really are the most prevalent type of infrastructure that participates in that core program. Um, but, you know, again, back kind of pivoting back to the National Levy Safety Program, those, those specific core-led programs are, are, you know, kind of, I, I want to say, a little bit separate and different. This National Levy Safety Program is really trying to package up um, not just the core resources, but all the best practices that are out there for levies and provide that in a more comprehensive way as a resource, you know, for the nation. What What's important for people to understand about uh, NLSP and, and what? Well, you know, we continue to experience periodic flood events in this country, and those flood events um, continue to shine the light on the importance of levies. And Flooding has consistently been the most costly natural disaster we had to deal with in the U.S., and we have been studying it over many, many decades. But we've learned a lot, and we made a lot of progress. But throughout the decades, if you look through all the studies, it's been interesting because the recommendations for areas of improvement, especially for levies, kind of revolve around the same four areas. So first, there's always this recognition that there is a need for a national approach to understanding and managing levies. Second, there is a need for public awareness, better public awareness of flood risk, which you had brought up. Third, there's always this need for timely data. Where are all the levies? What's their condition? And how do we make that information more accessible to people so everyone can make a variety of decisions? And then the fourth thing is really understanding the complexities and of all those different rules and responsibilities. As I mentioned before, you know, you might have different um, groups of people that make floodplain management decisions. You might have different folks that are responsible for evacuation. You might have a different group of people that maintain the levies. But all of those responsibilities interrelate. 
So how do we create this framework that better clarifies all those different roles and responsibilities? And the bottom line is to answer this need for, for um, moving us in a better direction with levies, Congress enacted the legislation that gives the Corps of Engineers and FEMA the responsibility to create this national levy safety program and really to provide, really in order to provide those people with those resources to help make progress in all four of those areas that I mentioned. So how big of a team do you work with uh, on this? You mentioned that you had a, a diverse team that you work with. How 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 big is that team and how satisfied are you with the with the with what you're where you are right now? Well, I have a group of about ten people. Um I, the team has been um, together now since 2020, and we've been laying out the strategy to design this program. Um, it's been super exciting and somewhat scary at the same time. I mean, this is a very different role from the traditional role that the Corps of Engineers is usually in, where we are used to setting a very prescriptive plan and a schedule, and you know, we just we charge forward, accomplish you know, the schedule um, really tailored around what the needs of the core is. Um, here, we're focused on the nation. Um, and we're gonna let this program take us where our stakeholders need it to go. So there's a lot of uncertainty with that because we have to learn along the way. But the team I've got working on this are the most passionate, dedicated group of people I've ever had the pleasure of working with. So I couldn't be more thrilled with what has been accomplished so far. And I really look forward on what the next year or two is really gonna turn out to be as this program continues to be further, further developed. Um, I mentioned risk and understanding risk associated with levies earlier, but um, do you think that the NLSB can, can be a catalyst for renewing appreciation for levies? I actually think this program, this National Levy Safety Program, can be a catalyst for renewing and appreciation for managing flood risk even beyond levies. As we started having conversations about how to implement this program, we really saw this as an opportunity to recognize that decisions about levies can't be done in isolation. Floodplains serve very important functions for us and levees exist in those floodplains, and we need water. So we use water for different purposes, like recreation, transportation, hydropower, water supply. The National Levee Safety Program, I think, can really help make progress in shining the light on helping us find solutions that allow us to readily access the benefits of floodplains and try to meet multiple objectives. But another interesting thing, and again, I think I mentioned before that this program is, and the design of this program is really intended to be led by the Corps of Engineers and FEMA. Um, it also prevents another huge opportunity for us in flood risk management. So related to flood risk management in this country, there are two other national level programs that own a piece of this challenge. You have the National Flood Insurance Program, and that program is administered by FEMA, and it touches more than 22,000 communities across the country. Then you have the National Dam Safety Program, which is also led by FEMA and heavily supported by the Corps of Engineers because we help maintain the national inventory of dams. The National Dam Safety Program encompasses 90,000 dams across the country. 
And if you think about it, in many areas of the country, levees and dams occupy the same watershed in the same floodplain. So it really makes sense to look at opportunities and how these three national programs can start to be aligned and be complementary now, either now or into the future. Because really for all three of these programs to be successful, they're gonna have to, you know, we're gonna have to work with each other, as I mentioned before, to kind of use the same terminology to talk, you know, start sharing data between um, those programs. And I think if we can achieve that, we're gonna better serve the public um, in flood risk management. With with a lot of the, especially smaller communities, I mean, I, I, I see a lot of uh, the, the levy program here uh, with our people. And, you know, we, we, I've gone out to places in Kansas and Oklahoma, and, you know, you have different levy sponsors. And you mentioned the emergency manager and their role. And in some cases, the emergency manager is essentially the, the lead levy sponsor person. Um, how important is it, especially for smaller communities who may or may not have um, the funding to in invest in a lot of these types of infrastructure needs? Um, and, and like we said, it is in the federal interest. How important is it that that FEMA and the Corps are involved in that process of, of assisting those communities? I think it's very important. I think overall, nationally, there's this recognition that we need to do better and try to reach out to those smaller communities and make sure that they have access to the services that the federal programs are really meant, intended to provide. And so, you know, for the National Levy Safety Program, we've been having and, and documenting like a strategy on how can we better learn those needs and, and make sure we're offering those types of services and opportunities for those communities to actually participate. Because they may not, like you said, have the same resources or ability, you know, to actually get engaged or, or even, you know, participate in some of our, you know, webinars or other public meetings. And I think, you know, having, making sure, and I call them kind of underserved um, communities, Again, how can we do better in making sure we understand their specific needs and how do we better at least at least take that first step and understand them and then try to help work towards improving how do how do we um, provide them the support that they need? what What do you in 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 this role in and in this program, what are is there anything you're learning that you you just had no idea about before? Like maybe is there is there are there things that you're starting to become aware of that you were like, oh my gosh, I, I didn't even see that, you know? Yes. I I, you know, especially with what you talk about with rural communities, and I've been, you know, at this kind of national level, headquarters level for some time now. And you know, I just keep I'm just in awe more and more is when we talk to actual individual communities and levy sponsors, there's so many good things that are happening, right? So I think there's a lot of great practices. There's a lot of great efforts put in place now to try to deal with um, some of the challenges of, of smaller communities or rural communities or, or, or areas that are hard to evacuate. I'm just really the more conversations we've had, which has been great and exciting. I'm I'm just really been super impressed with how communities have really 
thought of creative ideas and to solve some of these issues. And I think what's going to be very um, exciting about this program is it provides kind of this mechanism or conduit of putting forward and highlighting some of these best practices. Because I certainly, you know, necessarily wasn't aware of certain things that may have been um, happening in Hartford, Connecticut, for example. And I'm sure someone probably in California wasn't aware that, you know, those practices were happening. So I think it's really going to be a great place to, you know, understand, like, what are the, you know, creative ways people are trying to deal with some of these common challenges and kind of put forward those different practices um, so everyone can kind of see what, what's happening across the country. So do, does this require, I guess this is, it, it seems like it's, it's pretty challenging. Like you have to not only communicate with divisions and, and districts and FEMA, like, so you're dealing with other federal agency um, at the same time. How how is that experience working with FEMA in this particular in this particular realm? How's it been well, for you uh, specifically? Yeah, I will say that FEMA fully dedicated to this effort because they see the bigger picture, right? As as you know, the bigger picture is we've got to buckle down and kind of do this alignment up front if we want to get see the benefits and awards later down the road with this program. So I, you know, in the past decade plus where I've been working on levies, I have been working almost directly with FEMA. And for many years, I pretty much engage them almost every day because everything we do is related, whether it's, you know, related to the NFIP mapping or, or risk communication and, and our messaging. And so, you know, we, I, I've, I've been lucky enough to build up those relationships. And so, you know, I would say the probably the biggest challenge is, you know, FEMA as an organization will structure a little bit different than the core, where the core clearly outnumbers them, right? You know, I believe FEMA probably has like 1,700 full-time staff, right? And we have 30,000. And so that's been the biggest challenge is, and we have that challenge internal with the core because we have so many different programs. So, you know, getting all our ducks in the row and kind of getting everyone pointed in the same direction is always going to be a challenge. Um, but I feel like over the years, you know, we've been having these conversations about risk education, risk communication, that really for the first time in my career today, I've actually seen, I just feel like we're at the point to make things happen. We're at the point where things Everything is coming together, technology, methods, everyone's, um, you know, kind of embracing flood risk, even though it's been a, in that terminology, even though it's a challenge. It's just, for me, finally coming together. So we'll make it, we'll prevail. <laughs> I have no doubt about it um, because it, this is what everyone in this business wants to see happen. You know, there's different ways to get there, and we're just trying to figure out best way to get there and that might be bumpy but i think you know we're going to figure it out yeah you know earlier at the, at the beginning i mentioned uh the you know that pretty much what two-thirds of americans live in a county with at least one levy and i think a lot of people don't even don't even realize uh just how just how how many levies there are how many miles of levies there are um 
Are there some interesting facts about about levees in the United States that maybe most people don't know? Yeah, I think I think what's interesting is, you know, throughout the years and very, you know, you know, probably 20 years ago, maybe, you know, there's there's always been this discussion that we don't know where all the levees are and we don't know what their conditions are. And, and so, you know, because we had no idea, you know, there was a lot of speculation about, you know, how prevalent they were and what they are. And what's been really interesting is, you know, over the last, I'll say five or so years, I believe we have done a very good job of identifying all the major levy systems that are throughout the U.S. I, I'm sure there are a few that, you know, might be um, in places where we haven't identified them, but we, when the Corps of Engineers first created the National Levy Database, you know, of course it was, you know, because it was easy for us, we populated it with um, levies that we were involved in with, with a lot of detail. And so that was about 2,000 levies. And what we learned is behind just those levies, there's about 14 million people. As in the last five years, we, in partnering with FEMA, because through FEMA's National Fund Insurance Program, you know, they pretty much map all the floodplains in the country. And if there was a levy there, they'd identify it. So we took all their information where they identified levies and added it to the database. Now we know there's 7,000 structures that have been identified as a levy. And when we added, even though we added 5,000 levies to the inventory, the population behind those levies was only another 3 million. So that kind of, if that makes sense. So, so 2,000 core levies had 14 million people. Another 5,000 levies we identified only had another 3 million people. So that kind of tells me we're start, we've started to, you know, any major levy system that is around heavily populated areas or maybe, you know, around significant um, economic areas like um, potential agriculture and so forth, I, you know, I feel like we've identified because many of the levies that we added actually had no buildings behind them or no people. So, so again, I, you know, we'll continue to build the database and understand it. Um, we know, you know, what the longest levy is. I think it was like 300 miles. We know. So that's the fun part. You know, if you visit the National Levy Database, there's all, you know, you can see and even um, the National Levy Safety Program website itself, which is www.levysafety.org, you're going to see some interesting kind of stats on levies as we know it. How many closures there are, how many schools are behind them, because data is so readily available right now, it, our, our jobs are getting easier in consolidating data. What have I not asked you that, that I probably should have asked you? Well, I probably um, would ask me, what should we expect to see over the next couple of months? <laughs> and I would answer, expect the unexpected. <laughs> if COVID has, if COVID has taught us anything, it certainly was that. And our team has learned to be agile and completely adaptable. So right now, and I had mentioned that we're we're in the process of designing this new national levy safety program. So basically, we're, we talk about the design of the program in phases, three phases, and we're in phase one. So right now we're at the beginning. And in this beginning part, we want to gather input from our stakeholders on the direction of this program. So basically we wanna understand 
the needs that are out there, the key challenges that folks have with levies, what are the key priority things that this program should try to address? And so for the last year or so, we've been planning the strategy really focused on stakeholder engagement because we, this program is going to be driven by the needs of the stakeholders. And we've been planning for many months of hosting a series of in-person public meetings across the country. And we were scheduling them for January and February. Well, of course, you know, with COVID situation, um, we've had the pivot and, and we've decided to switch all those in-person uh, meeting dates to all virtual workshops instead. And so we're, we're rapidly retailoring um, those workshops right now. And of course, we're, we'll hope to, we'll continue to hope to be able to host in-person meetings maybe later this year. But what I just wanna kind of leave you with is that we really hope that anyone interested in getting involved um, in providing us feedback on this program I think the key resource to go to is visit our website. We have a dedicated website just for this national program. It's www.levysafety.org. Anyone can go there to get more information. Um, there's an email address if you have, you know, you can send in questions. Um, and on that website, there's a get involved page. And that's where we talk about phase one and the specific areas we would like to get feedback for this initial stage. And phase one comments, um, our comment period really ends March 31st. Um, so, you know, March, March we asked that folks, you know. March, March 31st of yes, 2022, okay. Yeah, March 31st of 2022. So phase one is, is kind of ends there, and we want to solicit as much feedback as we can on those key needs and challenges. And that's going to help us shape the direction of this program, because we're at the beginning. But also on that website, that's where you can go to register for the virtual workshops that are going to happen in January and February. And those virtual workshops are just an additional opportunity to um, listen to other stakeholders and provide information um, or feedback on, on levies from different roles and responsibilities. Um, but there are other ways you'll see on the website that you can um, folks can offer feedback. Um, you can do it by email, you can do it by the forms that are on the website. Um, we posted a notice in the Federal Register, so, so comments can be submitted there. Um, so we're trying to offer a variety of different ways um, that, you know, we're hoping that folks can, can reach out and, and get engaged. Uh, I, I know that was intended to be my last question, but that your answer actually made me think of another question. Um, have you had a chance to look at any of the submissions so far, or or will you will you compile that after the after March, um, and then and look at those? Or are you guys in the are you are you doing that as they come in? How does that work? Well, we officially kind of I'll say launched. So basically, we wisely tried to publicly announce our uh, our intent to create this program, um, really kind of mid December. So just, you know, for scheduling, you know, it kind of fell um, within, in, within the holiday season. So, so we hosted a series of webinars and we launched the website and then we posted the notice of the Federal Register. This week, what we intend to do is kind of 
remind people, you know, that that this is this has started. And so we'll, what we'll do is kind of reannounce through emails. Um, we'll post announcements on the website and try to kind of, you know, again and after the holidays, kind of let people know that this phase one has started and, and we're seeking feedback now. So our actual submissions, we've gotten maybe a couple, you know, um, but since we just recently kind of opened it up, you know, and kind of launched it, I, I didn't expect to have, you know, a lot of feedback today. Right. So, but I expect hopefully it'll ramp up over the next month or so. And and you're looking for, for, for uh, feedback from, from people all across the country, um, from whether you're a levy sponsor, whether you're someone who lives behind a levy, whether you have some some other interest in in a, in a levy, uh, you you want as much feedback as you can get related to the to the overall you know program. Yes, absolutely, and try to and we wanted to try to help people um, focus kind of their attention, um, so it's just not this open ended question. So what we try to do on the website, and we'll put, you know, we'll try to, you know, post the materials as well in the Federal Register notice is we have a series of fact sheets. There's five of them. Okay. And each fact sheet describes a component of the Nationality Safety Program. It's goals, you know, including the Nationality Database, you know, and, and, and where we are with it. And, and what we potentially are putting forward as ideas to further develop as part of the nationality safety program. So those fact sheets are really important and kind of help, I think, folks, you know, maybe understand the purpose of this program and really the main areas that we're further developing or intend to further develop um, as we move along. And we would like feedback on those areas. And to also help kind of guide people in, in what we're asking questions about, we actually posted questions. So there's a series of questions that um, are in the Federal Register and there's in the same series of questions that are on our website and they are associated with each fact sheet. So we're hoping that kind of helps, you know, um, steer people's thoughts towards um, some of the big picture questions. And of course, folks can just offer feedback on, on whatever they would like. Um, yeah, so, so really kind of recommend that that before providing feedback to kind of read the background materials and then you know kind of tailor tailor feedback around those background materials and you you really want you really want involvement from from communities and engagement with them yes because this program's for them right this programs are for the communities behind levies this program i mean the levy's not there you know the levy's there for a purpose I and mean, whether it's agricultural purposes or, you know, there's a, there's more populated areas, um, you know, that is our goal. So anything, you know, everyone that, you know, has an interest or a stake or an equity related um, to the floodplain and to levies, we would like to hear from. Well, Tammy, I really appreciate you for your time, uh, really appreciate you for uh, giving us some of your time here. Uh, I know you all, you all have a lot going on, especially with that weather up there in <laughs> um, well, I appreciate the opportunity and hope maybe we can do this again when we move farther along and, and just provide a, you know, uh, an update on where we are. Um, happy, happy to offer that. Exactly. Yeah. When you start phase two, I'd, I'd certainly be very interested and I'm sure a lot of people would be interested in hearing what some of the feedback you're getting is. And once again, that, that website is uh, www.levysafety.org. 
That is correct. Thank you for joining us for Corestruction. Corestruction is a production of the Tulsa District U.S. Army Corps of Engineers Public Affairs Office. This episode of Corestruction was brought to you by the National Levy Safety Program. To learn more about the National Levy Safety Program, visit them on the web at www.levysafety.org. Be sure to submit comments if you're interested in providing feedback, and be sure to read those five fact sheets and get some background before you comment. Thank you for joining us. Have a great day. Hi, everyone. This is Brandon Parrish, host of the Corestruction Podcast. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please consider liking, subscribing, or sharing it. If you have comments, questions, or even suggestions, please feel free to share them with us. We'd love your feedback. Thanks again.